and welcome everyone to Gunpowder, Treason, No Plot. I am your DM and host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I'm joined by my two faithful players, James Bunkle and Paul Flinders, one of which freshly returned from a uh, short vacation. Say hello, the pair of you. Hello, the pair of you. How are we doing? <laughs> it's, um, yeah, a bit refreshed after the honeymoon, so... Good. You're not too mad that I, uh, well... That Rogar betrayed you and then I killed you. <laughs> <laughs> I've had time to think about it, let's just say that. <laughs> hey, you you may sort of be alive in some fashion, but you know what? Let's let's do the recap. So, um, well, actually, I'll uh, do things in my usual order first. Bunkle will be reprising his role as Clanless Rogar, the uh, paladin sorcerer, and Paul will be someone... Because Robert is dead. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> or is he? He disappeared into a giant black pyramid. We'll find out what happens there at some point. <laughs> but yes, last episode, which Paul, because of when we record these things, has no idea what happened. Nope. So um, the episode started with a nightmare because Rogar deserved one for being an evil fucker and betraying uh, Robert. <laughs> and unluckily for him, I rolled probably the worst one on the table in terms of sheer deadliness. And a larval star spawn descended from the heavens and decided it was going to try kill poor little Rogar. Rogar, thinking quickly, deciding, fuck this noise when the thing attacked him from 300 feet away and then tried to break his mind in half, decided to teleport out of there with his uh, dimension door, thanks to Eclipse. Smart thinking. Unfortunately, that left your poor friend, Nock. <laughs> what happened to Nock? Nock's head exploded. No! <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, no, Nock! A legitimate accidental kill, because I cast Feeble Mind on him to uh, use him as a bargaining chip and did too much damage and blew his head off. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nock died. And Rogar went running into a cave system in an attempt to basically get out of sight and get the fuck out of there. So we turned it into a bit of a mini hazard skill challenge with the level star spawn flying above him, attempting to search for him. And Rogar running through caves, dodging falling rocks, jumping over pits and all the rest of it. But then it seemed that, well, there were a lot of hazards and... Rogar eventually fell through the floor to find out just what was causing them. In, in fact, intentionally letting himself drop. And he found a massive, monstrous, worm-like, horrifying entity that was just tearing its way through the ground. Rogar being nothing more than a flea on this thing's back, it barely cared about you, but it did swat at you once and almost crushed you into a fine paste. You jumped off... It hit you with an earthquake just by moving, like it wasn't even really attacking you, and buried you in rocks. Yep. You had a bit of a back and forth with the star spawn as it was searching for you, because it kept casting uh, Sending, to, you know, tempt you into either revealing yourself or simply giving up, or, you know, to taunt you a little bit. But eventually you settled on a deal, that the star spawn would let you live in exchange for one of the vials of blood that the Crimson Tongue gave you, and you accepted what have you done, Rogar? It took the blood, it flew away, and the nightmare ended. And Rogar was still buried in a bunch of rock that had fallen from the ceiling. And that was where we were about to end, but not before, well, a returning little cameo from a, our old ghoulish friend that Rogar met in the tower during his first descent to the Dreamlands. Oh, yes. And that's where we ended that episode, so I guess we should pick right up from there with our little ghoul crawling along the ground in his typical sort of loping gallop as he gets up to Rogar, who's desperately attempting to push some of this rock off of him. And uh, yeah, let's jump right back in. So, oh, you are buried in rock. This is intentional? You take a rock bow? Uh, no, no, bit of help. Oh, and uh, the ghoul will start to 
pulling rocks away as you're starting to push them off. It takes a little while between the pair of you to dig Rogar out because you're a big, heavy man covered in like just literal just chunks of ceiling from this tunnel. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thankfully, you realize as you're being dug out that the adult dole, which was the massive worm-like creature, hasn't turned around and come back for you. Yeah, I think it was a bit insignificant to it. At least that's my hope. <laughs> Seems that way. So, uh, yes, your little girlfriend helps dig you out, and uh, now you are free to move around. And he uh, looks up at you and goes, So, what brings you to my tunnel? This is your tunnel. I am in it. It's mine. Okay. Um, well, first of all, thank you. Uh, and I'm going to try give him a hug. He opens his arms wide and gives you a big ghoulie hug. <laughs> yep, I'm definitely definitely into that. Um, <laughs> ghoul on ghoul action, though. Not, 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 not quite, but I'm giving him a hug. He, he just <laughs> dug me out of a hole. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, basically, I was running away from something, but I have some good news. There's a big body up there. Oh, big body. Yeah, but just question you you like sushi i could go for sushi <laughs> um is there any way like we can you know climb up out of this tunnel and like see if nox body's still there uh you can try climb back out um the the way the star spawn came in with its uh, sort of amorphous form it kind of shoved its way through the gaps but it was a big creature and there's still enough space for you to kind of Claw and climb your way up. I'll say do just do an athletics check, the pair of you, and see if you can climb up the way it left. Okay. Are we, uh, can, can we like give each other like, you know, a hand, you know, just like a bit of the help action type of thing? Um, if you're both climbing at the same time, I'd say no. If one of you is helping the other up, that's a bit different. Like if you want to go up first and help him, sure. Or he can go up first and try help you. I'm quite happy to. I, I, I'm just going to say to him, you know, I'll check that it's all right, and then I'll uh, I'll give you a hand if you want. Ah, sounds good. Okay, cool. Um, so let's have a go. And eleven. Eleven. Um, it's a little slow going, you, but you do manage to climb your way up without falling. You kind of start digging the uh, gauntleted hands into the side of the rock tunnel that this dole worm monster just tore through the land and you get back to the first level that you were in before that uh, the floor collapsed from uh, a lot of the floor is ruined from this creature tearing its way through here but you kind of get up to a little bit of a ledge and sit there and if you want to help um, your newfound friend up I will roll his check with advantage yes yeah I'll give him a hand okay. uh, what is athletics uh, okay with a 17, he manages to make his way up there without too much difficulty. His little uh, ghoul-like claws just digging into the earth and climbing up to meet you. Uh, do you want to continue on at this level, or do you want to try to get right back to the desert? Um, hmm. I'm, I'm wondering, can I, can I take a perception check to see if this way would, like, you know, leads anywhere towards where I, where I saw Nock fall? Sure, do me a perception. Can I can I uh, get advantage by opening my helmet? Uh, yes, yeah, that'd be fine. Uh, Twenty. Twenty. Uh, taking a look around, um, this tunnel might lead you back in that direction, but the floor is quite badly damaged from all the uh, fissures and earthquakes from below. You might, uh, it would be difficult terrain, and there's a chance you would say with a twenty that maybe it would start to collapse if you tried to walk on it. Okay, so uh, yeah, I think I think we'll go up another floor then. Um, you know, hope that the grounds a bit better going. Sure. Um, so, do me another athletics then to get back to the desert, as you kind of see the uh, the sand is like dripping down from some holes in the ceiling, and you can see a bit of light coming through from the suns that have now returned after the nightmare passed. Uh, that's a twenty-three. So it's a bit better. Twenty-three. Sure. You were. Uh, Tear your way up the wall and uh, burst out into the ceiling with your uh, with your general strength. It's not that bad to just sort of tear a hole through and hit in the face with a bit of sand. But with a twenty three, you manage to cling on and pull yourself back to the desert. Thanks, so, uh, If you're helping your little friend, yeah. I will do. Uh, he gets an eleven. He struggles a little bit, but also manages to make it up okay. Okay. So, am I back in the desert? 
Yes, you are back around, uh, given how far you ran, you're probably about 300 feet away from uh, where you were originally teleported. Okay, can I can I see Nock's body from here? Uh, I'd say you know where it is. You can see a basically a small mound of red that you take okay. to probably be Nock's body. Can I see anything else around, or does it look, you know, pretty quiet? Uh, now it looks quite just like a regular desert. You can see sand dunes about. You don't see any of the weird stonework that actually showed you the entrance to the cave in the nightmare, and the sky is back to just having the twin sun shining down. It looks quite peaceful. Oh, okay. Um, still being, I still want to be like wary enough, but um, you know, can we? Uh, I was gonna point, just gonna say to him, like, big buddy over there, and you know, point, point to where I know Knock was, and uh, you know, can we uh, make our way towards it? You know, I'm still, still, I'm still like, I'm not, you know, blindly doing it. I want, I want to still almost be aware of what's around me, type of thing. Sure. Uh, it will. Oh well, he can start heading over there. And if you're gonna, are you sorry? Sorry, are you trying to like stealth over? Or are you just kind of keeping an eye out? Just keeping an eye out. Okay. I'll say the pair of you make your way over to where Knock fell, and it's it's a relatively short walk for the pair of you. But you eventually come across the body of your fallen Nori friend. You see, just. It's just ruined. The whole, like, anything from above the neck is just gone, and you just see a spray pattern of blood and viscera and brain and what you take to probably be, like, the musculature of a Nori's internal structure. So he has less of a skeleton and more like uh, that amorphous shape-shifting form that he had, and okay. it's just sprayed all over the ground and quite a horrifying display. Yeah, um... Unfortunately, this is a bit, this is about survival. <laughs> um, so you know, um, I'm guessing if he's kind of like a jelly, he doesn't really have arms anymore, or they kind of like. Uh, he still looks the way he did when he died. So he's still in okay. his two armed form. He's just sort of sprayed out on the floor. So uh, I'm gonna I want to loot him for whatever he's got. Um, <laughs> uh, you can you pick know. up his shard spear. Okay. Yeah. And his uh, short sword that he had. Yep, I'll have both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it. Yeah, that was the that's the main things he had. I'd say on his person in terms of uh, money, he only had a, about five golds worth. He didn't really have much. I'm going to take the five gold anyway, because why not? Okay. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll add that to my thing. Um, and then um, uh, I'm just going to... I'm going to take, take his arms uh, and maybe like... I know a bit more of the flesh that I can like carry in the bag because I've still got the bag of holding. Sure, um, do me a uh, do me a survival as you uh, get about your grisly work. I- I'm assuming my friend is just like eating. Uh, he is picking up bits of the exploded head and just going to town. <laughs> good fun. Um, uh, a twenty. Uh, twenty. Yeah, mm. you're getting quite good at dismembering bodies. You goddamn psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you take the arms off the Nori and add it to your Amigo arm collection of weird alien entities. Yes, um, can, and like I'm gonna take like I don't know. I'm guessing what will be like I don't know. Say, I reckon I can carry about hundred pounds of tail meat in the bag. Yeah, I'd say you could take a hundred pounds. Yeah, hundred pounds tail meat because I'm hoping to meet more ghoul friends, mm-hmm. and they can have some meat. Um, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm just gonna say to um. My girlfriend. Um, sorry, I, I don't think we've actually been properly introduced. Uh, Rogar McLeod, and you are? Hello, Rogar. I am Meatbone. Meatbone. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, Meatbone. Um, so, I don't think we should, like, you know, hang around here for too long. So, you know, once you've kind of had your fill, if you want to grab a bit to bring with you, um, you know, where are you heading? Oh, thank you. And he kind of starts ripping off a little bits of these sort of, it's almost like jelly-like muscle, muscles from inside uh, Nock's poor, poor abused body. And he <laughs> goes to town and he sticks a little bit in a satchel he has on his side and goes, oh, well, I was on my way to go find my friends. 
Interesting. Can I come with you? Sure. Excellent. Uh, where are we going? Oh, well, while I was up in other places looking for food, always look for food, always very hungry. Anyway, while I was doing that, apparently some of my people went on expedition. They went on orders to find new home above ground. You see, underworld, very crowded. Lots of things, lots of threats. And, well, we goes, yeah, we don't like to always be all cramped together. It's good to expand. And we decided maybe we try to take something, something on land. And he kind of looks around a little bit shifty, like he knows what he's doing is probably, a well, what his people were doing may be considered a bad thing to most people. He doesn't know if you care. He's like, so we, we hunt for good spot. Yes. And... Apparently, um, my friend got called into um, a, a party that went to go look for a good spot. Uh, but they've not come back. And I thought I would go see what happened. Oh, so, so, sounds like you can need a friend in this uh, sort of situation, you know. And uh, somebody might be able to help guide you guys. You know, um, a, a prophet almost. Um you know, some, somebody who may be a bit like myself. Um, quite, I'd love to lend you a hand, you know, help you find, um, you know, a new place to settle. Oh, thank you. I think they found a place is supposedly abandoned. So that's where they had gone towards. Maybe they're already there. Maybe they set up. But it has been, been a while. I, we kind of expected to hear something. So it's good that you come help. We find this place, yes? Yes, definitely. Good. Well, let us make haste. And he starts loping off into the desert. Do you just follow on behind him? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try and keep up with him as uh, close as I can. Cool. So the pair of you begin wandering forward. And as he's leading the way, and you realize he seems to have at least a general idea of where they're going, he is going to kind of conduct the travel. So let's see what he gets. Uh, he's not particularly intelligent. So... You realize at one point he seems to have led you in a bit of a circle in the desert. <laughs> uh, you're not really going anywhere. But eventually, after... Honestly, time is very difficult for you to understand the passage of here because those suns overhead don't move until they're suddenly not there or suddenly it's twilight or something like that. Like They're basically always blazing overhead. Um, while, while we're going, um, mm -hmm. can I... A, say my prayer to get my 15 hit points. Uh, have you not done it already today? Um, well, I don't know when the day ended. I don't know if the day ends with the nightmare or not. Uh, no, so it'd be on a long rest. You've not long rested yet. Right, okay. Well, I, I, didn't, deduct, I didn't deduct them last time anyway. <laughs> I forgot. I just deducted it straight for my hit points. Ah. <laughs> um, what can, so, uh, is that... Have I then lost it or not? Uh, it doesn't disappear at the end of the day, no. You, right, you, okay. keep, you keep the temporary HP until you lose it, or if you recast the spell, it just puts it back to the total. Okay. It's okay. not additive, but... Fair enough, fair enough. And um, So can I roll hit dice as we travel or not? Um, for this, given that he's taking the lead and kind of leading you on and you're not running, uh, assuming you're not trying to be stealthy and you're just setting a brisk pace, I'd say yes, you can roll hit dice. I'm assuming he's not being stealthy, so I wasn't going to. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be, at least not in the desert. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll just roll a couple then. As we go. Sure. Um, as you're traveling, as I say, it goes for hours. Just time passes quicker and quicker, and eventually you find what seems to be the end of the desert as the ground begins to grow harder and rockier, and you pass through some large just rock structures like parts of cliffs and spikes of, of just stone sticking out of the ground. And then as you go past, it's almost like a border of rock. You move into a more typical mountainous region. You can see bits of grass start to stick through the ground. And you can see off to the side, larger mountains rising up. And it's kind of an, a bit of an open plain that he starts to lead you through. Okay. As you've made a bit of distance into here, eventually he starts sniffing the air. And if the pair of you 
want to do me a um, perception check. Uh, he got a 19 on his perception. Uh, I got a 15. 15? Um, you see he kind of starts sniffing the air and suddenly goes, Oh, I think, I think I said something. Yes, yes. Over here, this way. And he kind of bolts off in a direction. like going at a full pelt run. Uh, yeah, I've got to stick with him. Okay. As he leads you down into the more grassy area, you eventually come across something that um, I'm going to say it's going to take you an investigation check because just looking at it, you see some damage to the ground and it's a little bit difficult to tell exactly what went on. In this. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll do one of them then. Uh, 19. 19. Uh, as you kind of look around, you realize that a lot of these are, you'd say, footprints. And with a 19, they definitely look ghoulish. They look very much like um, meat bones, like partially hooved and clawed feet. It's going to uh, say, uh, meat bone, um, look like ghoul footprints, yeah? He uh, takes a closer look where you're sort of pointing at it, and he nods goes, oh, yes, I think this is my people. They come this way. Okay, um, so can we f- follow the footprints? Uh, do me a survival to sort of track them. A 21. 21. Um, yeah, leading the way, you do manage to track the footprints pretty well. Um, as you're passing through these lands, you eventually come across what looks to be a massive lake. You can see it in the distance for a little while, and uh, I, do you have any issues getting closer to it, or are you just going to go straight towards it? Because that's where these footprints seem to be leading close to, though not exactly directly at. Can I take a perception check as we're going, as we're moving towards it a bit slower than, you know, than we were moving? Sure, do me a perception and do me a stealth, if you want to kind of slow down and be sneaky. Uh, so that's a perception with advantage. <laughs> and I rolled a five, unbelievable. Five on your perception? All right, do me a stealth. Uh, this. And a 12 on my stealth. 12 on your stealth? Okay. Um, you try be stealthy for Rogar, and as you're kind of crawling forward at a slower pace, you do look around, but you can't see much other than this lake. Even with a five, you can see silhouetted shapes on one side of the lake that look like structures of some sort. And as you look over to the west, you see more silhouetted shapes that way that look far smaller on the horizon. You can't tell what they are, though, with a five. Okay. And by um, shapes, I mean uh, structures, so some sort of buildings. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm just going to see if... Um, I'm just going to say to Meatbone, don't suppose you recognize those shapes as anything. You know, I'm, I'm assuming ghouls will build similar buildings, so... Um, he will do... You know what? He can do a history check and see what he knows. He um he kind of sits down for a moment and stares into the distance across the lake and then over to the west. He goes, oh, I know this place. Ah, oh, yes, I see now. That's why they come here. He points across the lake to the larger structures that it's, say, due to the distance you're struggling to get a proper look at. But he goes, over there is city. Abandoned city is known as Sarnath. That must be where they've gone. They go to claim city for ghouls. <laughs> Very clever. It seems like you'd need a bit more than like a, a, a small party of people to take over a city, do you not think? Do, do me an insight check. Okay. Ten. <laughs> I rolled eight. Natural two. (laughs) He looks very shifty when you say that and then goes, so I said small party. What I meant was Legion. We sent Legion. Legion? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And why did they leave you? (laughs) Oh, I'm not actually in army. I just was interested because my friends are there. I wanted to see what go on. Oh. Okay, um, so you sent a legion of men and, well, ghouls, us, to take over a city. 
Mm. A city that I'm guessing looks relatively peaceful from here? Well, if I remember story correctly, everyone in city is already dead. So we just move in. Can I inside check him again? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> this, what? <laughs> A 12. 12? Um, you're not entirely certain how good this random ghoul's recollection of the history of this place is, but he sounds like he's at least being honest. He believes it. Oh, for God. Yes, was... I can't remember exactly what happened, but used to be people who lived there. Many people. And then one day, all gone. Then no one moved in since then. So, clever ghouls, we take city. Expand ghoul empire onto land. Get away from nasty underworld, where things try to eat us. Okay, and um, do, do we know why there are no people there and they all died? He kind of scratches his chin and goes, I do not know. Oh, we are so going to die. Um, okay, then. Um, well, looks like we need to go save our reverend. So, um, yeah, let's go. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my hand out as in, like, you know, ladies first um, to let Meatbone go and uh, mm. lead the way. All right, so he starts leading you down towards the lake. Because if you go towards the lake and then kind of circle the lake, that's the quickest way to get to the other side where this city of Sarnath seems to be. Uh, this is away from the smaller structures you saw over to the west. Um, as he kind of gets closer to the lake, he does stop for a moment and then kind of turns quickly to you goes, Hey, hey, look, his body. More food? And kind of raises an eyebrow at you. What am I looking at? As you kind of approach Meatbone, you do see, lapping up on the shore of the lake, a body. Oh, okay. A body of... Uh, are you going to get closer? Are you um, just going to go straight down to it? Take a perception. Sure, give me a perception, see what you see. Say at the moment, you're probably about 100 feet or so away. <laughs> How am I rolling so bad? An eight. <laughs> An eight. Um, looks... Best guess from here looks to be a humanoid. Seems to be clothed. You can't really tell much better with a knight. Can I tell if it's alive or not? Ah, definitely not from this distance, no. Uh, I'm just going to be like, just uh, let's approach this thing with caution, yeah? Um, hang on. You said I'm 100 feet away. Yes, at the moment you're 100 feet away. You see this body. Looks like it literally just washed up out of the water and is now just face down on the shore. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna. Uh, well, we'll head towards it. But again, I don't. I don't. I'm heading towards it, but I'm being quite. I'm. Quite, I'm being quite wary of this. Um, it just. It just. It doesn't. It doesn't seem right. Okay. So you're gonna head down to it. Are you stealthing towards it or just walking down? Um. Well, uh, might as well try and stealth. It's not gonna happen, though, is it? Let's be fair here. <laughs> <laughs> Ro Rogar's not a stealthy boy. <laughs> a ten. Ten. Okay. You, you attempt to stealth. <laughs> creak, <laughs> creak, clank, clank, as you uh, get closer. Um, I'd say when you're within about 30 feet, you see this guy a little bit better, even without a perception check now. You can see that it is a... You see a, say, a humanoid-looking figure, probably about little under average height, seems to be wearing at least equipment and a bit of armor. I'd say probably yeah. chainmail from here. Um, has a shock of uh, red hair quite short on top of his head. Um, and you said I'm about 30 feet away? Yeah, about 30 feet at the moment. He still hasn't moved. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still not comfortable with this. Um, uh, but it's not, well, 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 it's not moved yet. As you're sort of pondering it, um, Meatbone sneaks up next to you and picks up a big stone and goes, "We smash, we eat, food rations." Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm just kind of like looking at him, like side eyeing him, like, "You are for real." Um, very real. <laughs> uh, I'm far too wary. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking more. Uh, I tell you what, just pass me the rock. 
Okay, he'll pass you this big stone of a rock that he's picked up out of the ground. <laughs> is it like a, is it like a giant stone? Ah, it's probably about as big as your forearm. Bloody hell, I thought it was half that size. <laughs> if not, like, a quarter <laughs> of that size. Or a fucking pebble. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna look at it, and then look back at him like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the big, the big rock down and pick up a pebble. <laughs> <laughs> Still giving him like the, really? And uh, I, I'm gonna throw the pebble at the, 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 the red-haired humanoid. Alright, um I guess do me a uh do me a, a ranged attack unskilled, I suppose. So uh D twenty plus your decks. Uh that is a nine. Nine, yeah, that definitely it doesn't hit to actually hurt the man. I'll say it skims next to him and just kinda pokes him in the arm a little bit, but doesn't do any sort of damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, does he move? Uh from a tiny pebble poking him in the arm and missing? No. Um, I'm going to cast Hold Person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cast Hold Person. Why not? What's the What's uh, the DC? So it's Wisdom Saving Throw, and my DC is... Uh, it's a 12. Uh, I rolled an 11, so <laughs> Hold Person works. You, uh, Yay! You feel your magic reach out, and this guy is currently... It's a Paralyze Effect, correct, Hold Person? Yes, it is Paralyzed. Until he passes a wisdom saving throw. And it's a uh, saving throw per turn? Uh, yeah. Okay, so every six seconds. Okay, so for six seconds, he is currently down. What are you doing? Uh, I'm, well, we're going to head over to him. All right, so you, you run up to him. Uh, he will get another save then, because that would be your action. Okay. <laughs> Pulled a six. <laughs> He's still paralyzed for another six seconds. So you look down at the back of this guy's head as he's sort of face down in the ground, paralyzed. Uh, can I flip him over to see if he's actually alive? Yep, you can flip him over. I'm going to flip him over. Um, you look upon the panicky face of a half-elf that just was drowning a moment ago and is now paralyzed. And uh, welcome back, Paul, to the podcast is Varys. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> you're currently paralyzed and you're now staring up at an armored, well, one actual full-blooded ghoul and a weird ghoul-faced man with three eyes wearing full plate armor. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Where am I? I was going to say, can he speak? <laughs> I'll say that came out as... What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to look at Meatbone like... Uh, yeah, no, not food. Uh, he's alive. Um, I'll make your uh, save again for you, unless you're going to drop concentration. Um... Well, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I'm not dropping it as I say that. <laughs> uh, this time you roll a thirteen, and your spell, the spell breaks. You finally pass the. Hey. <laughs> um, I was what? Uh, sorry about that, mate. Um, yeah, wasn't too sure what you were, so you know, I didn't want you hurting my good friend. Um, Varish just sort of like is is assuming he's lying on his like say he's on his back now. Yeah, you, you're on your back. You're like waterlogged. Um, this is the first time you've op well. I'll say this for Varys right now: you are fucking confused because a lot of things just happened to you. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold out like a hand as into off you a hand up. Um, Varys looks up as uh, Rogar's hand, obviously, you know, and like whatever. So obviously, I've obviously waterlogged, confused. Seemingly, you know, weird looking but friendly. Um, I suppose I'll take his hand and, and, and accept his help. All right. Well, as you uh, stand up, why don't you give us a little bit of a description of Varys? Yeah, Varys is at five foot nine. As you say, he was slightly smaller than average. He's 45 years of age, which is, I'd say, he's what, early adult for a half yeah, elf? Yeah, half elves, I think, are like, they live up to like 150, 200 years or something like that. So, yeah, you'd be yeah. young adult. Young adults, yes, he was. Um, he was in the um, he was in the Varadin army at one point. Um, I won't say too much right now, but um, yeah, he, like you say, he's uh, got he's got like red short hair, like sort of like military sort of style, short hair, back and side sort of thing, wearing full chainmail armor as you like you, you described. 
Um, he was, like I say, he's ex-military. Um, and yeah, he's, he's, he's washed up here and doesn't know where the hell he is. Yeah, so as you accept Rogar's hand up and your memory is just swimming, you remember fragments of what just happened to you, or at least what feels like something that just happened to you. You remember mm -hmm. seeing torrents of these impossible psychic storms just sending your body and mind through just an absolute torrent of pain and agony as your flesh and every sense of yourself was almost torn apart as you made your way here and all of that experience what got you from the material plane to here which i won't just outright say because you may not want to reveal everything just yet but everything you went through to get here is you start to recall it and it's all jumbled up and in pieces but uh, that's how you feel right this second well, obviously, you don't know Rogar yet, so um, they'll stand up and go, um, Rogar, not Rogar, so I don't know you know, so where where am I? So uh, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of looking down on this uh, ginger lance storm. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rogar's kind of like, uh, um, shit, mate, where are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of looking to meet Bone to give me an answer there. <laughs> <laughs> oh well i suppose specifically i think this was called manar that was the land manar never heard of it yes but this of course is dreamlands welcome ah okay um it's that's dreamlands sounds sort of familiar i've heard of it it was it was you know it was mentioned something you know, where, where we I, and he realizes he's starting to say a little bit too much. He's like, yes. uh, can, can I insight check him? Yeah, I'm sure. On that, just to kind of see if he does like kind of understand where he is and, you know, maybe he knows a bit more than he's saying. Uh, 19. Uh, it's up to you, Varys. Are you lying or trying to persuade him? Well, Varys knew he was going to be sort of moved around. He didn't know where he was going, though. He, that was down to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so Varys genuinely doesn't know where he is. Varys was not intending to come to the Dreamlands, so... Okay. So so he, he knows where he is, but he doesn't know... No, he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not he, a fucking he, clue. He, he... Okay, so he's so he's here. He, he's heard of where he is, but it's not where he expected to be. That's yeah, basically yes. Okay, so um, he doesn't know what the Dreamlands looks like. Basically, he's, yeah, yeah. He's not he's not been here before, but he has heard of it. He's heard of he's heard of the Dreamlands mentioned, but he doesn't he doesn't know what it is, what it looks like, or what what it, you know what I mean, what it entails. Yeah, I'd say from what you would know, what well Varys would know. Um, the name of this place to you would have just been rattled off in a list of names of uh, places that you could go with what got you here. Like, you didn't really understand yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So, uh, so why are you here, then? Uh, f first, I need to know who you are, because obviously... Yeah, yeah, I need... Obviously, Varys wouldn't want to say too much right now, because he's obviously just met you. Um, so it's like, well, I need to know who you are before I can say that. What oh. you Oh, um, well, I am Clownless Rogar, or Rogar McLeod, or depends who you speak to. Um, but rest assured, I am both. And um, yeah, I am here to help my good friend Meatbone um, save some of our people. Hello, I am Meatbone. <laughs> A cool. Uh, yes. He looks at you suspiciously and goes, are you food? Um, I move my arms and legs and go, do I look dead? Mm, always fine. Death is easy to apply. <laughs> yeah. Varys just looks at him, sniggers and goes, I'm going to like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he says, you don't hurt me. I won't hurt you. We're fine. I would say Rogar's going to have his helmet open, because I never said that I closed it, so um, you know, 
Yeah, getting your wits about you, Rogar does look fucking horrifying. Yeah. His, his uh, face is a mess of part dragonborn scales that have gone gray, partially ghoul-faced, as you can see from uh, Meat Bone. He kind of has a, a uh, cadence of that, and he also has a third eye just open in the middle of his forehead. <laughs> uh, can I ask what you are? You look like a sort of like the result of a dragonborn ghoul cyclops orgy. Um, well, the word that I think best suits is uh, abomination. And you, you um, can say that. <laughs> you know, uh, but it's it's one of the many delights of being being me. <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite. It's always good to be happy with oneself. And me, but not at you. <laughs> So yeah, so so Varys looks at Rogar and says, "Are you from round here then? Are you residents of this place, or are, um, you like, are you like me? You've come from somewhere else." Um, I don't really know how to describe it. To be honest, um, depends how you got here, really. Hmm. Well, have you ever heard of a city called um called Varadin? <laughs> have I heard of a city called Varadin? Oh, yes, I have, my friend. I am the saviour of Varadin. Uh, could you... Uh, Varys looks at him a little bit funny. He's like, what What do you mean? What do you mean, saviour of Varadin? I know the place was a bit fucked up when... when, when um, well, fuck knows what happened to me. But how are you the saviour of Varadin? Well, you know, it's when you single-handedly overthrow an evil dictator and save the common people from oppression. I'm like, I, 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 I'm like George W. Bush. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> sake. Inten I intentionally chose somebody who was an arsehole, by the way. <laughs> I'm just seeing Rogar stood in front of a banner that says mission accomplished while half of Varadin is on fire and the other half is in the <laughs> Successful. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's... Varys looks at him and goes, Dictator, you, you mean Kren? You mean Kren? Well, yeah. It's at this point, Varys walks up to Rogar, grabs his arm, and shakes it somewhat chronic. Shakes my arm? Shakes your arm, as in like shaking your hand. Oh, right, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that was. How did you manage that? Uh, I. That I was, that was, I was. He's like lost for words. He's like, I was attempting to kill Kren. Oh well, should have been a little quicker off the mark, mate. <laughs> um, don't, don't worry, I've done it. <laughs> single-handedly, single-handedly. But oh, so like, I had a whole band of people called the was it the sword of sword sword of Varadin, ready to go in. Um, when you say that, Varys, you suddenly get a flash of memory and you see the faces of your men being torn asunder. You watch as their spirits just get ripped from their bodies and disappear into this massive storm and this whole memory just hits you in one go like, oh fuck. Yeah, what the fuck happened? I just remember we was preparing to... I'll tell Rogar this, he's like, I remember... Um, we were setting up to attack Var um, Karen. We we had this wizard called Nicholas Nick. Uh, we like to call him Doctor Nick, um, but he had this like idea where we we shape pl pl plane shifted. He called it, and the idea would be we would shift out of the material plane briefly and shift back inside Kren's palace and attack from within. But the stupid fuck-up miscalculated and I watched all my men get torn apart and it took all of my strength to not end up that way. The next thing you know, I'm, I'm here. Rogar is looking at you very confused because that seems far-fetched as hell. And I'm a hero. Can I, can, can, can I insight check him? Yeah, you can insight check him. 
that seems like a lot to just like you know walk in and kill him, which is kind of what he did. Or at least uh, R- Rogar remembers this very differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm taking credit. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 22. You remember that time you challenged Kren to one-on-one combat on top of the spire of the Court of Eternal Truth and beheaded him in one attack. (laughs) (laughs) Damn straight. (laughs) Tommy cried tears of joy watching the fight. Sophia dropped to her knees and just exclaimed, Rogar, you are the greatest warrior ever! (laughs) Zalara just... Just wept tears of joy openly. <laughs> that that is Rogar's memory of that day. <laughs> <laughs> that is one hundred percent Rogar. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Right, so um, we an insight of twenty-two. Yeah, and well, I, I you can try roll to persuade him, but you are telling him the truth. So, I mean, I would say with a 22, you get a general sense that maybe you don't, it sounds a bit fantastical, but he certainly doesn't seem like he's lying to you, at least not intentionally. Like I say, it, was, it wasn't my idea. It wasn't me that cooked it up. Uh, that's very far-fetched. I mean, literally, I, I walked in with, you know, a couple of people and, you know, challenged him one-on-one, beheaded him in one shot, and it was like, booyah! You know, because I'm awesome. Yeah, but we but we, we just tried to, you know, jet past him. We had a lot of guards, and the army was in, and we just wanted to get in, get in there, and kill him. We didn't care about our lives. We didn't care about getting back out again. Well, it, it just... Fair so at the end of the day, you know, some people are heroes, some people are you. Um, <laughs> well, n- now you're here, and, um, you know, it seems like you don't really have much better to do, so um, fancy coming along for a ride? Well, you know a way out of this place? Um, I know a roundabout way out of this place. Right. I don't know for certain whether this stupid twat of a wizard is still alive. Obviously, you've killed Kren for me, and I'm going to be eternal grateful for that. Yeah, totally. You should believe everything I've just told you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a thought. I should insight check him. (laughs) (laughs) It just dawned on me there, yeah. Can I insight check this motherfucker? Uh, I will let you inside check. I like the the thought that Varys completely accepted that, started to walk away, and then went, wait a damn wait minute. A- <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm going to inside check this. So like, roll oh. me a deception. <laughs> can, can, um, can, can Meatbone provide me with the help action or not? Not for something like this, no. Bastard. You can't, can't give you aid on making up a story. <laughs> I didn't make it up. I just, like... <laughs> Made myself more important. <laughs> a natural one. <laughs> so, so twenty from Varus on inside, a natural one from Rokar. <laughs> this man may or may not have killed Kren, but whatever story he just told you is absolute bullshit. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying the fact that you one on one him and chopped his fucking head off. Well, are you are you telling me you don't buy it, or are you just thinking that you don't buy it? And some it just doesn't add up. Some it doesn't add up. I mean, we tried. I, 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 I say we as in like the whole sword of Varadin, my compadres, my sort of like men at arms. We all tried to get close to Kren, never mind kill him. And well, this is where I ended up. Well, you know, like I say, you know, some people try, you know, you know come out with like big elaborate plans and go, you know, away from their problems and some of us run straight towards our problems because that's what heroes do. Right. Well Varys remembers the conversation we just had. And I mentioned the name Kren and Rogar instantly said that he'd killed Kren. Varys has no reason to not actually Believe not this, not, not disbelieve him because it's like the first thing that he said. I'm going to say just to just to prove a just to 
prove it because I'm guessing I, I know it still sound like a bit unbelievable, but I'm just going to show him the hilt of uh, Oathbreaker. Oh, yeah. so, oh, I have to I have to have it in a bag. <laughs> so I will just show him that I just show him the hilt, and then he kind of knows shit. <laughs> ah, okay. If I receive that, yeah, that's right. Okay, yes. right. Seeing that, I mean, Kren hadn't been using it in recent, in the most recent year or so, or the least recent few years, but most paintings of Kren and like tapestries, he always had Oathbreaker. Sorry, Oathkeeper on it. I would say, if Iris has said that's like, right, that's 75% say, yeah, that's. He's, he's done what he said he's done. Tell you what we'll do, I'll tag along with you. You can get someone to say, yeah, you at least helped kill Kren then. Absolutely, yeah, I'll go along with that. I have no reason to think otherwise, so. You're probably not going to find somebody like that here, but, you know, you might as well come along for the ride. We've got uh, we've got some people to save, and, you know, it sounds like you want to be a hero. I am a hero. Meat here's a hero. So, you know, let, let's make some tracks. I've got nothing else better to do. While you two are still stood there, uh, the pair of you do me an investigation check. Yeah. Meat's chewing on his foot. <laughs> a 20 oh that's so still with advantage yeah well, i'll just take the first roll so you got a 10 yeah. i got and i got a nine so with a 10 i would say looking around next to where you were laying varus the sand looks a little bit uneven the sand looks uneven yeah like the shore like the the dirt and the sand that like collects at the side of the lake looks a little little uneven mm. that's what you get with a 10 just trying to figure out what that would mean. Something's obviously either something's underneath or something's gone past it. Mm, I think I think I think uh, we're gonna. I'm thinking move. we'll back away from the shoreline a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll move away. Sure. Well, if you guys are moving away from the shoreline, Meatbone will continue leading you towards the city of Sarnath. Yeah. Yeah, I'll follow him. Sure. As you make your way around the lake. Eventually, you find a point where you're going to have to turn away from this massive lake. It takes you guys like a good two hours to get around to the other side. And you start turning away from the lake, and now you can actually see the city of Sarnath in all its, what you would have once said was glory. You see in the distance massive just cyclopean towers. You see the edge of what looks like a huge wall, but in front of it, there's a little bit of woodland, a bit of um, decayed-looking road. Like There's things in front of it, but at this distance, the city seems so massive that you can make it out with reasonable clarity. But there's something off about it still. And looking at it from here, you can't quite tell properly. The only thing you do notice is that one of the towers certainly looks almost half-complete. Hmm. Can I take a perception check? Um, I'd say take a perception check on the tower because that's the thing that's standing out the most from where you are. It's uh, it's quite a large one that's near the front wall of the city. Uh, 21. 21? Which is a nut 20. Yeah. yeah. Uh, staring at the tower, yeah, you, you can definitely tell that the tower is half complete, but it doesn't look like it's under construction. It looks like maybe it used to be a full tower and now isn't. Hmm. Um, hmm. So it looks kind of like something's destroyed it. That'd probably be a reasonable guess. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna relay that to Varys and meet like Summit's destroyed this tower. This isn't like you know this isn't they left it and you know it's clearly been attacked by something. Hmm. Something that does that kind of damage. Yeah, did you, know, you say did you say this city was deserted? Oh, meat did. Hmm. Yes. Is well known. City has been deserted a long time. Uh, Meepo, do you know why it's been deserted? Hmm, I could not quite remember. Um, there used to be people here, very successful people, I think, and then one day all gone, just gone. What? No one, no one would know why, or that there's. Hmm, just trying to think what we could do. Is, um, is the light? Is the light just? Can we just? You know, is it is it open to walk just straight into the city, or is it, you know... Um, the city is still probably about 600 or so feet away from you. It's just that big that you can make these things out. 
Meatbone is going to continue following the tracks, which lead slightly around the side of the city, going through a little bit of woodlands, and then will take you presumably to a front gate of some sort. Okay. The side you're on at the moment, best you can tell, it looks like it's just going to land you up at a wall. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to stick with Meatbone on this. You know, if uh, something looks like it's attacked the city, but I'm hoping that it's in the lake almost. So, you know, if we're going away from the lake, um, you know, I I feel a bit more comfortable with that. Yeah, especially especially with the uneven ground. We don't know what it is. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to follow Meatbone. Are you taking any caution or are you just following at the moment? Um, I'm going to take, I want to take a bit of caution. Obviously, I'm not exactly stealthy. Mm. Um, But, you know, it's it's more, again, I just want want to, like, Make sure Rogar's aware, you know, um, of what's going on. Okay. Um, you start walking and kind of keeping your eyes open. And I'll say um, both Rogar and Meatbone get a perception check with advantage. A 20. 20. Yeah, both you and Meatbone start sniffing the air. Hmm. Smells like death. <laughs> yes. Definitely death. Death isn't that bad. Um, Depends who's dead. Could be lunch. Um, can we... Huh. Is there any way we can tell what's dead, or is it just death we can smell? You can just smell what smells like some sort of rotting body. That's the best you could get. But uh, you can tell the direction. It's co- it's in the direction of where the the foot tracks from the ghouls are, is leading you. Uh, Slightly um, into this little bit of forest. We'll have to go. We'll have to. We'll keep going, but I do. I, I do want to, you know, take caution. So I'm just going to let you know, Meepo know that you know I think we should be a bit more tactical in our movements, and you know, I'll. I'm guessing I'll have to take a stealth check. So. Okay. So if you're going stealth, Meepo will join you, and assume Varus as well. He's stealthing. Yeah, I will be. Not that he's a stealthy boy, but he will go for it. I rolled an eight. Huh. Meatbone rolled a natural 18. Nice. So, everybody else but me is stealthy. Clank, 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 clank. <laughs> Tim Ben needs his oil. <laughs> well, so, mine, mine would be a 10, wouldn't it? Just be a 17. Oh. Oh, what's the what have I done then? Oh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. My bad. Yeah, 17. <laughs> 17. So, yeah, Varus and Meatbone, relatively stealthy. Rogar, completely not. So, you head into the woods, trying your best not to um not to give your position away with the loud clanking man behind you and up ahead as you move through it's i say i'm calling it woodland it's not like as dense as the forest you were in a few uh, episodes back it's more sparse but you do notice um both you guys as you're walking through it's very overgrown you would say i guess the word is uh verdant so it's like very um Full of life, like there's moss on all the trees. The plants look overgrown. There's something like a, almost like a surge of nature here. Mm. And as you're walking through, you can actually see up ahead, well, what you assume must be causing the smell. You see a body lying on the floor. One that's wearing little bits of armor, but you definitely recognize it as a ghoul. And it has been murdered from the look of it, like it's covered in cuts and there's blood on the floor next to it. And I want both of you to do me a perception to see what you see from your current distance before you get any closer. Uh, 15 for me. A 9 for me. Uh, 15. Rogar, looking around, um, you can see quite clearly that there are a hell of a lot of tracks in this area you guessed that there was some sort of skirmish between the ghouls and something else. And you can see next to the ghoul's body, there is a skull on the ground, a completely like skinless skull. And you can see a couple of skeletons lying on the floor. Like there's some sort of fight that went down here. Um, so yeah, I'm going to let me and Varys know that. Mm. Um, you know, um, but I think I'm gonna, we're going to have to go towards it uh, and, you know, get a, get a bit of a closer look. Um, so, 
yeah, I think we'll we'll go towards it to get a bit of a closer look. I'll, um, you know, and I'll I'll take point on that as well. Okay, so all three of you are approaching. Yeah. Okay, so the three of you walk into this little bit of clearing between the trees, and it yeah, it's very clear that there was some sort of fighting here. Um, you can definitely see a lot of tracks. There are a hell of a lot of ghouls that have come to Sarnath. That's very clear in this opening. And it's interesting that only one seemed to fall. Um, yeah. And yes, you see a scattering of skeletons and bones in this area. And as I say, one skull that's right next to this particular ghoul. Can um, I, so, so can I do an investigation on it just to see what if I recognize what the skull could have come from? Sure, you can do me an investigation on the skull. Yeah. That would be a... Ooh, be a four, wouldn't it? Natural one with a four. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Varys, you pick up the skull to get a good look at it, and looking at it, turning it around, it seems to be a human skull. What's a little odd about it is that it's completely skinless. Like, there's no hair, no eyes, no tongue. It's just a perfect skull. Hmm. And as you're looking at it, you see two little sparks of flame appear in its eyes. Ah, put the fucking thing down and move back. As you're doing so, the entire skull is wreathed in green flame, and you guys see this, and what, Rogar and Meatbone notice this shadowy energy start to rise up out of the ground, and the skeletons that were on the floor start to move, and we're going to roll initiative next week. Hey! <laughs> Crap. <laughs> I knew it was going to be some fucking Jason the Argonaut shit. I knew it. <laughs> fucking knew it. But I need to figure out how to sort these rolls out. <laughs> uh, oh. Well, I rolled very high on the uh, skeleton stealth. <laughs> oh, well. They're basically just pretending to be dead on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be cool. Mm. But... That's fun for next week. And hey, Absolutely. Paul has a character again. Hey! <laughs> One that may not entirely suck. We've not revealed the class he is, have we yet? No, not said anything yet. I mean, you can uh, nope. surprise us all in uh, combat next week. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's uh, you can start to enter the cycle of a lot in D and D players where your first character dies, so you make a stronger one, and then that one dies, and you make an even stronger one. Now yeah, like, fuck you guys, I'm just overpowered as hell now. <laughs> <laughs> but I have Steve, that's overpowered as fuck. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I hope everyone listening enjoyed. That was Gunpowder Treason, no plot. We are available on all major podcast providers. And if you want to get in touch with any of us, I am on Twitter at, at @treasonno, and my players are also on Twitter with their player names and GTMP at the end of it. Uh, we also have a WordPress website and a Facebook page, both under Gunpowder Treason No Plot. They're full of information, lore, backstories, goodies, pictures of things, lots of fun stuff. So go check it out. And uh, I will hand it over to my players to say their own goodbyes. As usual, if you've enjoyed hearing my voice. As much as I enjoy hearing my own voice, you can find me on the Lost Art of Podcasting and the Lost Art of Wrestling podcast. They are available on all good podcast providers, and you can follow them on Twitter at Lost Art Podcast and at LAOW Podcast. And maybe one day you'll find me in the Red Scar Cafe on Red Scar Business Day in Preston, Lancashire, the UK, Europe for now. And you can also find me on those uh, two amazing podcasts. But you can also find me on the UK RAD Live podcast, a podcast where we talk about anything and everything and no subject is taboo. You can find us on Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, you name it, we're on there. But you can also find us on Twitter at UK RAD Podcast, and we also have a Facebook page. But also on Twitter, I have the character Steve AOT GTMP where I engage in general shithousery with the other class members of Gunpowder Trees and No Plot, because Steve is a dickhead. <laughs> and, uh, well, thank you for joining us, everyone. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Ta-ta! See ya!
Well, hello there. I'm Dr. Evil, and my minions and I were wondering something. Are you evil? Does it bring you great satisfaction when you see somebody trip? Do you frequently plot the demise of those that have wronged you? Do you associate more with pop culture villains than you do cliché heroes? Does just looking at a do-gooder make you go, Ugh. Are you looking for a podcast featuring other like-minded villains who speak about any and all things evil? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I have something very, very special for you. A Necessary Evil Podcast, part of the Necropodicon Network. We eat, drink, and sleep villainy. Our podcast has everything from villainous plots to tips and advice on how to become a better villain. So come on over. We'll leave the door unlocked. And I might not even booby trap it this time. <laughs> Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects that you heard within this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so make sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.